Welcome back to another KNM KNMO update program. I'm Derek Campbell, and today I'm joined by Will Tollerton. And uh, today's gonna be a little bit different. We're, it's gonna be more history focused than anything else, and uh, kind of something going forward here once a, a month here with Will, just talking a little bit of history about Nevada, Vernon County in general, really. And uh, the topic of discussion today for history is kind of uh, the school history in Nevada and Vernon County as a whole. And, uh, Will, why don't you just go ahead and get us started of what you got for us today on schools? Well, thank you, Derek. Yes, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about today uh, about the development of education and particularly public education in the state of Missouri over the last 200 years uh, with a focus especially on Vernon County. So, it really, when the state began in uh, 1821 at our founding, the Constitution of the state of Missouri actually mandated that every township would have at least one public school. Now, uh, this was the early days of settlement. Uh, Vernon County didn't even exist in 1821. So the actual practical implementation of the public school system took many decades. And it really wasn't until after the Civil War that public education really became uh, prominent in our state. Yeah, and uh, from what I have saw, that school started uh, in just one building with one teacher, and that teacher taught several grades earlier on before transitioned to what we have now. So how did that kind of go about? Yes. Uh, so before the Civil War, especially here in Vernon County, uh, they follow what is considered the Southern model, which meant that uh, the education of children was largely seen as the responsibility of the parents. So there were private schools or private tutors that would come by and teach uh, the children the children of people who could afford to pay for it. Uh, there was the first real school in this region was probably considered the Harmony Mission uh, School, which was up on the border of Bates and Vernon County, north of here on the Osage River. And that was a mission sent from the east uh, by some re- a religious group to educate the Osage uh, Indians who lived here in the 1820s. After that, when the first European settlers came, there were a few other little private academies that started, particularly the Montevallo Academy, which existed until it was burned during the Civil War. But after the Civil War, then public education becomes more prominent, and that's when the classic 19th century one-room school comes to be. It's those those types of schools that we always see in Western movies with just one teacher, and you have all the different types of kids. Is kind of the generic picture that we get just from seeing movies from back in the day also. Exactly. If you know anyone who grew up watching Little House on the Prairie, Laura Ingalls Wilder, that's the classic vision of the kind of uh, 1800s frontier one-room schoolhouse. So, yes, it was just a little one clapboard school frame built to frame and wood, and they would teach the children basically from first through the eighth grade. That was as high as it would go, eighth grade education. One teacher had to teach all grades. (laughs) So while she was teaching one group, then the others just had to sit and listen or do their homework or whatever the case may be. So very different than it is today. And in uh, if you go back over 100 years ago, in 1898, a rural school teacher here made an average of just $38 per month. And there were actually then there were more women than men who were school teachers. It was about uh, there were 126 women teachers in 1898 in Vernon County, 65 men. So being a school teacher was also one of the kind of early professions that opened to women in the 1800s. Yeah, it's just odd to think about kind of that 
transition period of like back in the day it was $38 a month instead of however much it is now for teachers and even the comparison with early professions with between women and men as school teachers here for Vernon County as a whole. Yes and one interesting thing to note about you know even though the profession was uh, in theory had became open to women in the late 1800s however it was pretty much expected that they would be unmarried so once a woman got married the philosophy was that she belonged in the home raising children so they would lose their jobs uh, once they got married so usually these were young unmarried women uh, or older women who just had never married uh, at all but uh, I've heard some anecdotes about uh, people who kept their marriages secret because they didn't want to lose the job. Now, if you were a man, it was okay. If he was okay to be on married school, a married school teacher if you were a man. But a woman, sometimes they had to keep their marriages secret uh, so they wouldn't lose their jobs. Just the social dynamic has changed and involved too for teachers over the year because that is not a problem here today in the 21st century with women having to hide things just to keep mm-hmm. their job really for that but uh, kind of transitioning now uh, high school is coming about though in Vernon County in early 1920s is that correct is when we start seeing high schools here or is it later on yes so in uh, the late 1800s, there were 131 one-room rural schools in this county, uh, plus a few what they call village schools, which would have been the schools in the towns like Sheldon, Nevada, Walker, Stotesbury, and so on. Uh, in the 1920s, there were actually 12 high schools because, as I said, the one-room schools only went to the eighth grade. And if you wanted to go to high school then beyond the eighth grade, you had to go to one of the town schools. So there were 12 of them, Bernal, Harwood, Metz, Milo, Montevallo, Moundville, Nevada, Richards, Shell City, Sheldon, Stotesbury, and Walker. Now, of course, as everyone knows, those uh, do not all have high schools uh, because a lot of the smaller ones like Milo, um, uh, Harwood, they all they start closing uh, around the time of World War II and thereafter. Yeah, the consolidation of schools probably happening right about then. But uh, also with the high schools, I saw, I noticed something like with the third class, second class, what does that kind of mean with the schools there? Yes. Of those 12 high schools that existed in the county in 1920, the uh, Milo was considered third class and Montevallo was second class. And what that meant was not necessarily the quality of the education, but how many years beyond the eighth grade they went. So a third class school like uh, Milo only went two years. So basically to the 10th grade. Uh, Montevallo went to uh, uh, three years and then the rest went actually four years to a senior and th- was that just due to teachers and stuff like that or how did they determine how far in the education they went i don't know exactly how they did it there was a county superintendent of schools i imagine it was probably largely just due to the size of the community and what they were willing to support the local schools too uh, here kind of got support from some I saw pie suppers. Is that right? Yes. Pie suppers were an interesting little cultural phenomena back a uh, hundred years ago where these little run room schools, you know, they would need to raise funds each year as any you know, group or school does to buy supplies, fix up the school, so on and so forth. And so it was traditional to have at least once a year a pie supper. And what that meant was the people in the neighborhood would gather and the young ladies would make a pie. And then these pies would be auctioned off. And typically this kind of, 
dovetail with uh, courtship patterns of the time period. Uh, the young men of the community, if they wanted to uh, get to know this young lady, they might bid and buy her pie, and then it was customary for the baker to eat the pie with the purchaser. So they, I imagine they were fun little social activities as well as uh, got a little bit of courtship in as well. Yeah, definitely a fun little idea that they had back in the day to support uh, the school and the um uh, fun activity also for the community members to be part of. Yes, these one-room schools, you know, they were community gathering places. So uh, the little areas, you know, these schools were separated maybe, you know, five, six, seven miles. And uh, that back when the rural population was much larger, that was a spot where everyone gathered from, you know, the, the area and got together and had fun and visited just like a church. Getting a little closer now to kind of the modern history with uh, schools, uh, the R districts coming about in the 1950s is what I saw from a little bit from your notes. Uh, how what, what made them transition into consolidation with the R districts? Well, the state of Missouri had been pushing for consolidation probably since the early 1900s. Uh, main, the main reasons were that the philosophy was bigger schools would have more money and more resources. So you could have sports teams and gymnasiums and art programs and just, you know, more that big bigger uh, consolidation would, in theory, provide a better education. So that w- went very slowly before World War II. A few uh, school districts did create what they called the C districts or the consolidated districts, but most did not choose to do that. So the state mandated it after World War II, and it was really in the 1950s that there were a series of votes because each district, each little rural school district had to vote who they would join with. So they would gather together around one of the little towns like Nevada, Deerfield, Sheldon, and so on. And the way it all fell out was there were supposed to be eight districts organized in Vernon County in the 1950s. In reality, we actually ended up with seven because the town of Deerfield was originally thought, expected to have become its own district, but it never actually happened. So we have our one through R8, but there was never an R7, because, or I'm sorry, there was never an R6, because six would have been Deerfield, but never came to be. <laughs> That's just uh, fun to think about, then, that the, you know, the R8 uh, school district here is, is missing a district for that from that process coming about. Yes, and we are missing more districts now. Of course, Nevada is R5, but uh, the other, the there was an R1, R2, R3, R4, and if you look at a map of the county, some of those don't exist anymore, and that's because um, Shell City was its own district and Walker was its own district, but they were forced to consolidate in the 1990s due to falling enrollment and some other issues, so they had to form a, a new district, so that the one went there. Mets, the Mets School District, I think it was R2, they had to close in the 1980s due to falling enrollment. They mostly went to either uh, the Hume School District up north or came to Nevada. And then if you go back a little further, Richards was its own school district, and they had to close in the 1960s due to falling enrollment and once again divided up, probably mostly coming to Nevada. Yeah, the just the di- redistricting of the maps, uh, the process, and expanding on that through the years is just some interesting to see what has been consolidated and what has grown really the school district. And uh, I think uh, kind of from the standpoint we are at right now is that Nevada's 
kind of becoming the central region for school district wise. It really is. You know, there was talk, of course, back in the 90s that if Walker and Shell City did not consolidate, they would just cease to exist and have to go to El Dorado, Nevada, and Nevada would just keep growing and growing. And we're already the preeminent one in the county by far. But, you know, it's really important for a lot of small towns and rural areas to try to keep their schools open, if at all possible, because it's it's that's what keeps the community going it keeps that community identity and uh, you hate to lose that <laughs> uh, the town often doesn't last long once the school is gone yeah that i have seen uh, some stuff like that too where smaller towns kind of kind of get swallowed up and become suburban areas for the bigger areas and uh, stuff like that happens just through the years and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Will, I think we had a pretty good discussion here today talking a little bit about the history in the Vernon County, Nevada School District area, and uh, I'm glad we got this done today. Yes, thank you very much for having me, Derek. I look forward to many more of these visits, and I would like to add that any of our listeners who maybe went to one of these one-room schools or especially one of the rural high schools that close, like uh, Shell City, Richards, uh, Stotesbury actually had a high school way back when. If you or maybe your parents ever went there and you have any of the old high school annual books or photographs uh, in your collection you'd like to donate them to the bushwhacker museum we like to collect those and we have a complete collection of like the nevada yearbooks but we do not have them for a lot of the outline school districts like sheldon and bernard and all the former walker and shell city so please you know if you have them you like to donate them contact the museum and again will thank you and we'll probably have another one of these uh, coming up in february again sometime for haven't quite decided what the topic will be for february February, but another history here lesson kind of will be on KNM KNMO. Okay. Thank you, Derek. That was Will Tollerton here on another KNM KNMO update program with a little school history from the Vernon County area. I'm Derek Campbell, and thank you for listening.